What's going on, everybody? You're listening to a New York Giants edition of the Post Game Report podcast. All right, so the New York Giants lost. They lost to the New York Jets. This is one of those games. This is one of the few games in the last, I'd say, four years that truly pissed me off. Now, ever since... Ever since my brain injury, which was four years ago, I've really learned to appreciate the smaller things and not get pissed off over shit I cannot control. I used to be really difficult to deal with whenever the New York Giants would lose a a football game. I was one of those fans. I would let it spoil my week. I would... Scream, go for a walk afterwards. I would just let it affect me in ways that, you know, quite frankly, isn't healthy. So after being injured, I made it, and not only because I made a conscience effort to change the way I react to New York Giants losing, but also, you know, besides the fact that the injury changed the like rewired me different to act different for certain things. So my reactions to to things from a, an emotional standpoint is a lot different than it used to be before my injury. So that certainly helps. So I don't really get pissed off. Me, as a New York Giants fan, for, for me, I want to see my team play tough whether they win or lose. And I hate when stupid penalties and the referees are involved in the outcome of the game. That Those things I still cannot get over. And that's been happening a lot with the New York Giants, with football in, in general. But I don't know what it was for this particular game against the New York Jets. I don't know if it was because the Giants were in it and they were winning the freaking game until 24 seconds. And I'm talking about 24 seconds before the game was over. The New York Giants were winning 10 to 7. And it only took 24 seconds for the outcome to be totally different and for the fucking Jets to win 13 to 10. Now, I predicted that the New York Giants were going to beat the Jets by three points, and I was nearly right. (laughs) So I was right with the outcome of the game. The winner won by a field goal. And it was an entertaining game for several reasons. Number one, you saw the New York Giants defensively generate a lot of pressure. Kayvon Thibodeau, leading up to this game, there were people in the New York media talking a lot of shit about Kayvon Thibodeau. And he came away with three sacks. He currently has eight and a half sacks. That is four and a half more than he had as a rookie. So, immediately, there's an improvement with Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, if you are a fan of football, you would know that Kayvon Thibodeau improved right off, uh, right off training camp. 
you saw improvements. And then a few episodes back, I even stated that Kayvon Thibodeau will eventually start getting sacks in bunches. It's happening with the entire team. I'm glad to see Dexter Lawrence getting sacks in the the game against the Jets, which was yesterday. He had 15 quarterback pressures. 15 by himself. That is amazing. (laughs) That's freaking amazing from a nose tackle. The only other player, I believe, from what I read, was J.J. Watt. And J.J. Watt had multiple seasons with 20 sacks. And I believe Aaron Donald, he had 13 as his highest in one game. So, Dexter Lawrence is in pretty good company. And for, he's another player, Dexter Lawrence, that people were talking shit about him. They were saying, oh, he got the big contract. He's not producing like he did last season. And, you know, I wonder, like, what are you guys watching? But then I remember in in today's day and age, no matter if it's sports, if it's entertainment, if it's video games, if it's photography, people will say the wildest shit just to generate any type of attention towards their content. The same shit with WFAN. The two guys were arguing with Carl Banks about Kayvon Thibodeau. What did they do? Their social feed for WFAN kept putting clips of Carl Banks and these guys arguing over Kayvon Thibodeau. Regardless of the fact that that particular clip made the two hosts look like idiots, they didn't give a shit. All they wanted to show was that, oh my God, there's controversy between one of the uh, legendary New York Giants player and two radio hosts who feel that Kayvon Thibodeau is a bust. So kudos to Kayvon Thibodeau. The kid stepped it up. He should have had the last sack on Zach Wilson to close out the game. That should have been his shining moment. That should have been the moment where everyone was like, all right, Kayvon Thibodeau did it again. He closed the game out with a sack, like he did against Jackson and the Ravens last season. But unfortunately, all hell broke loose in a span of 24 seconds. Now, of course, shit was leading up to that. It all started when Tyrod Taylor got injured and was rushed to the hospital with a ribcage injury. And then here comes DeVito. Our practice squad quarterback, who in the preseason did show promise. He showed some guts. He was throwing touchdown passes. That's the key word, throwing. But in this particular game against the New York Jets, the coaching staff felt, they felt like, hey, you know what? We don't have to let this kid throw the ball for whatever reason. We're not going to let him throw the ball. We're going to run. We got the lead. We're going to run the clock out. And we're going to win by three points. It almost worked. When the game went into overtime. Now, it's weird. I don't know if you guys remember when I talked about 
leading into the first game against the Dallas Cowboys this season. And I had this thought, I had this scenario pop in my head where it was like an image where I imagined myself in the, in the stadium. Uh, and in this, in this image, I'm actually on the field. And someone turns around and says to me, can you believe we waited all season for this shit? This was before they played the Dallas Cowboys. The same Sunday, in game one, the New York Giants played Dallas at night. So I had the same shit pop in my head when, <laughs> right before Zach Wilson throws, and I got to give Zach Wilson credit. It was an incredible play. He's rushed. He made time with his legs, and he threw a freaking prayer to the sidelines towards Wilson, Garrett Wilson. And Wilson, being the alpha wide receiver that he is, he made an amazing fucking catch in the sidelines where the referees thought he was out of bounds, but in reality, his toe just hit the just stood enough in the field or he had enough of his toe in the field before he went out of bounds not only that not only not only was he able to tiptoe but he was able to maintain possession of the of the of the ball while being hit out of bounds in a weird ass position it almost looked like he was doing the peewee herman on the sidelines as a matter of fact that's exactly how he looked like he was doing the peewee herman as he caught that ball and was tackled in the Pee Wee Herman dance position. That's a lot going on. And for him to hold on, that's why he was offensive rookie of the year last season. So right before that play, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Zach Wilson has a fucking strong arm. There's going to come a point where he's going to throw it deep and the Giants aren't going to be ready. I should smack myself in the, in, in, the, in the head for that one. Because later on against Dory Jackson, that's exactly what fucking happened. And the New York Giants lose the game. But Dory Jackson gets called for... Uh, I almost said a play-action pass. I'm having a, a brain fart because there's a fucking siren that keeps going off. But it was a pass interference against Dory Jackson. Against a guy who just came off the practice squad. The ball was on the throne. And because Dory didn't turn around, he gets called for a penalty. The Jets decide, you know what, let's end this shit right now. And kick the field goal in overtime. But I jumped ahead a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me drink some fucking coffee. I hope that was lip-smacking enough for you guys. So anyway. Yeah, I know that's fucking disturbing, right? Lip-smacking and stuff, drinking coffee. I apologize about that one. But anyway. So I'm jumping ahead. Because there were a few plays where Zach Wilson had to escape with less than 20 fucking seconds to go and made two huge 20 plus yard passes to get them into field goal range 
and the special teams. I don't know if you guys remember my preview last week where I stated that the New York Jets and the New York Giants were pretty much, they were pretty much even when it came to the game plan, which was force the quarterback to beat you. Both defenses were able to do that. Now, the strong point that I said the New York Jets had the advantage was the special teams, and that shit was evident because the punter for the Jets had a, he had a fucking fantastic game. That was a Pro Bowl caliber game the punter for the New York Jets had. And then the kicker for the Jets, he came up big twice, once in the fourth quarter and in overtime to win the game. Supposedly, Leonard Williams hit the ball in overtime. He got a hand on the, on the kick. And at one point, it looked like the kick was going to be missed, but it, the distance was short enough where it didn't matter. And by the way, on a side note, the Giants traded away Leonard Williams to the Seattle Seahawks. But surprisingly so, the Giants are going to receive a 2024 second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. So the Giants got some really good value for Leonard Williams. The Seahawks will not have to pay the brunt of the money. The Giants are going to eat about $9 million of that $10 million that was remaining from his contract. Now, teams do this if they feel like they're going to win. So Seattle to, is going to give up some trade as I mean, some draft assets in hopes that putting Leonard Williams on their defense is going to help them solidify either against the run. The good thing about Leonard Williams, not only if, is he a good run stopper, but he is able to generate pressure from the inside, or even as a defensive end. So the Seahawks must feel like they're a few players away from really making a strong playoff push. They have, they have offensive weapons. So Leonard Williams is going to provide that defense with a solid to good defensive lineman. So it's, it, it sucks to see Leonard Williams go, but it was kind of, uh, you know, it was kind of written in stone that he might be trade bait. So, once again, Tyra Taylor gets hurt. You bring in DeVito. And then the New York Giants, they decide this kid cannot throw an NFL pass in an NFL game against one of the best defenses in the league. So we're going to run run and fucking run to his credit when the giants had the ball at the red zone for the new york jets they did a nice play action pass and devito ran it in for a touchdown why they weren't able to do that more often i don't know if it's a, a simple case that devito wasn't sure if he should run against the jets and he just handed it over to Saquon or Brita. Saquon Barkley 
actually had over 100 yards against a very tough defense. The offensive line, which is this time around, had their starting center in JMS. And to his credit, you didn't hear much of Quentin Williams, but the the Jets were able to apply pressure from the edges anyway. And even though Quentin Williams wasn't racking up sacks, he was still a presence. So, yeah, this offensive line is still an issue. You have a freaking third-string quarterback that wasn't allowed to pass. (laughs) And when he did, he didn't look good either. There was actually one freaking pass that had he connected with Saquon Barkley, Barkley probably would have scored. I believe they scored anyway on that drive. But it was deflected at the line of scrimmage. So, but yeah, that was like his best and only opportunity to make a substantial play with his arm and not just handing it over to Saquon or or Brita. So, the Giants were leading at that point. And once again, the coaching staff figured, you know what? Our defense is playing lights out. They had one freaking brain fart. And Bryce Hall, he was able to catch a pass and break tackles and take it 50 yards for a touchdown. And of course, with every sport, there's always the what ifs. So what if Jason Pinnock decided to tackle with his arms instead of trying to tackle Bryce Hall with his fucking shoulders? Maybe he gets stopped and maybe to just settle for three. But then again, what if the New York Giants went for it on fourth and one instead of trying to kick a field goal where Gano missed? And the Jets still would have had an opportunity to win the game because they could have gone down the field to score a touchdown. But, once again, the New York Jets on offense weren't necessarily lighting it up. They couldn't run the ball. Then again, the Giants were inviting the Jets to pass. They were playing the run really heavy, so the Jets fell into that. The Jets were like, all right, we're going to pass the ball as much as we can. And it nearly cost them the game. I don't know why they weren't trying to force the Giants to play the run a lot more, especially with two explosive running backs. The Giants, leading into this game, improved against the running game, but they still have a history, at least this season, of not being able to handle the running game. Not throughout an entire game. So, the Jets, it was kind of weird offensively. They didn't stick to their strength. And they tried to let Zach Wilson beat a very good defense. But at the end of the day, I have to say, oddly enough, that's what happened. (laughs) Oddly enough, that's what fucking happened. Zach Wilson made two key plays. You got to give him credit. He escaped the rush and delivered the ball when it needed, where it needed to be. And it got them 
far enough with one second to go where he can spike the ball and they kick the fucking game time field goal. And then of course he throws he throws a pass deep. It's underthrown. Adoree Jackson doesn't turn around and he gets called for pass interference. In the replay, you see Paul Dettino, who does the New York Giants podcast, the official one. <laughs> His face was freaking timeless, man. <laughs> The look in his face was like, uh, <laughs> he was like stunned, like looking at, at the play and looking at the two players on the ground. His face was freaking, it, it, it was comedy gold. And I had a laugh too. I was cracking up. As pissed off as I was, I was cracking up because of the look in his face. And I hope I can find that. I hope somebody finds that. And because I was ready to take out my camera and record it. But by the time I responded, it was too late. But yeah, it was, it was one of those games where I was truly pissed off. You know, the defense was playing lights out. The Giants were winning. They were winning. And in the final 24 seconds of the game, all shit broke loose. And it favored the New York Jets. And playing the way the New York Giants were playing, not passing the fucking ball, punting, like they had, I believe they had the most punts in the first half since 1981 or some crazy stat like that. There's really no room forever. So, you know, with the law of average, and the amount of time the New, York, the New York Giants were on the field defensively, you knew there was going to come a time where something was going to go in, in the Jets' favor. And unfortunately, it happened with less, with, with 24 seconds on the clock. In 24 seconds, all the shit, all the great things the defense, the defense did for the New York Giants was negated. 24 fucking seconds. And that's the season for the New York Giants in 2023. It's, that just... That represents what this season has been for the New York Giants so far. And for a lot of New York Giants fans like myself, we thought, all right, you know what? We've seen the worst of this New York Giants team. Well... Lo and behold, the spirit of Halloween said, you know what? Not yet. I got one more for you. <laughs> and speaking of which, I put a joke out there on Twitter. And with this funny, with this funny photo of a guy crying but smiling. I use that whenever I post about the New York Giants. And I've been using that photo a lot. So I put you know, that Joe Judge, the head coach from the head coach from two years ago, was dressed up as Brian Dable Brian Dable for Halloween and snuck in the, you know, snuck on into the sidelines and coached the game for the New York Giants. And then I put that photo of this guy with a cowboy hat. He's smiling but he's crying, right? He has tears in his eyes. About an hour later, some motherfucking account 
basically says the same shit I said, but puts a photo of Scooby-Doo where it's a person with, with Dable's head on the top, and then the bottom they unmask the person, and it's Joe Judge. And I'm like, motherfuckers, you can't even give me credit for a joke that I obviously said before you even thought about it. And I said, and, and when I said this joke, it was to a, a, a former NFL player. So the chances of that being seen on that former NFL player's account was pretty fucking strong. I just wanted to throw that little story out there. For whatever reason. Maybe to hide the pain. <laughs> so, as I stated, Leonard Williams gets traded. There's a possibility that Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney, maybe Paris Campbell. Some people are saying maybe even Saquon. Those names that I just mentioned, there's a possibility that one or all of them could be traded. Now, when you stack up on draft picks, and I was explaining this to my wife because she was like, oh, you know, why would they trade them now, you know, if they're not, in, you know, she, she had to throw a jab in there. She's like, you know, they're losing. They're, <laughs> why would they even bother trading him? So I said, no, they're, they're losing. He's going to be a free agent next year. Obviously, the Seahawks feel like he is a key piece for their season right now. So they're going to give up draft picks for next year's draft to the Giants. And then the Giants will have an extra number two pick and an extra number five pick. So the Giants could either draft two players in the second round or use that second round pick as trading collateral. So maybe, just maybe, the New York Giants aren't done. For me, I wouldn't mind seeing the Dory Jackson gone. Not that I don't like him as a player, but he too is in the same situation as Leonard Williams. So if you can get something for him, there will be some teams who need cornerbacks. And on the right system, a Dory Jackson can be a very, very good number two corner and a solid number one corner. Same thing with Xavier McKinney. You put him in the right position, the right scheme. The kid could, and he's in a rookie contract. So if you can get a third for either one of those players, do it. And who knows with Saquon. If Leonard Williams was, if Leonard Williams got a two and a five, imagine what some team like the Miami Dolphins or... The Ravens, imagine what they might offer. Maybe a two and a three. Or a two this season, a two next season. Or maybe a two and a four. Or who knows, maybe a number one. <laughs> Even though the Dolphins don't have a number one. So, yeah. The New York Giants this season in 2023 are, are in... Uh, in bad shape. Daniel Jones is slated to be coming back. 
He might play against the, the Raiders. Maybe even Andrew, Do Andrew Thomas, not Jones. Andrew Thomas comes back. So that means you'll have Andrew, Andrew Thomas at left tackle. Justin Pugh at left guard. JMS at center. Bredesen at right guard. And supposedly Evan Neal might return and he goes to right tackle. With the exception of Justin Pugh, that is the entire starting unit. And Justin Pugh has been playing left guard. I mean left tackle, so you would assume that his transition to left guard is going to be smooth. But who knows? Who knows where Daniel Jones is at right now? Is he ready mentally? You know, it's one thing to be ready physically. But is he ready mentally? He was getting his ass beat up. He was getting sacked all over the place, pressures all over the place. Is he there mentally? I, will, I would hope that he is, but it would be nice to see a freaking quarterback stepping into, the, into a nice pocket and having time to throw to these weapons. Who knows if we get Darren Waller back because he hurt his hamstring. So we have one tight end. We might have Cager back, who is a clone of Darren Waller, minus the productivity and speed. Well, Cager is a, is a, is a converted wide receiver, so he's fast for a tight end, but he doesn't have the productivity. So. The Raiders might not even respect Cager like they would Darren Waller. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're not going to give him that kind of respect at all. And this would have been a Darren Waller revenge game. I'm sure he would, would have loved to have been on the field, but supposedly it's a hamstring issue, which is what he had last season. So we might not even have the complete freaking starting offense when Daniel Jones comes back. Defensively, they're going to be without Leonard Williams because of the trade. Ashawn Robinson is coming around. Is coming around. He's playing good. Uh, Nacho, he's doing his thing. He's a backup. DJ Davison, which is a backup nose tackle, he's been playing really well in limited time, but he's been playing really effective. And then you have Riley, who's the rookie, who had a really good preseason. So the Giants might be okay at defensive line. But then again, the trade deadline is tomorrow, so we'll see if Dory's back there or Xavier McKinney. We'll see. Chances are there might be a few players not even there. Or who knows, maybe even Saquon Barkley. For me, on a personal level, I want to see Saquon back. I want to see him retire as a New York Giant. We saw the value of Saquon Barkley in the last few games. The guy is a definite weapon. He is the entire offense. And he had over 30 carries and nearly... And nearly put the damn offense on his shoulder. Well, not nearly. He did. He put the offense on his shoulders and nearly won us the fucking game. Coaching, 
the coach very scared. And for whatever reason, they didn't let DeVito pass. Supposedly, Daniel Jones took reps in the scouting for the scouting team last week. You, you, I don't know. I mean, I can't question these coaches because they get paid to coach for a reason. They have more, way more knowledge than I do. So it's easy for me to be out here second-guessing them. But I have to question, why would you have Daniel Jones taking reps from the kid who is going to back up uh, Tyrod Taylor? Especially when you consider that Tyrod Taylor has an injury history, or history of injuries, excuse me. And with this offensive line, you just never freaking know. You never know when the next injury to the quarterback is going to happen. So why wouldn't you have a kid who was with you throughout the preseason, played, I believe, the, for most of the game, the last game in the preseason. I believe he played against the Jets uh, most of the snaps for the last preseason game. So the kid was passing the fucking ball, so why not just let him pass the damn ball? I know preparation is important, but at some point, if you're in the NFL and you're an NFL quarterback, whether you're a starter or not, you're there for one fucking reason, and that is because you are capable of throwing an NFL pass. So there was a lot that pissed me off. It wasn't necessarily the performance from the players. It was the performance of the coaches, which, you know, Dayball is coach of the year last season. I expected, you know, there were, there were times last season where, where the Giants, particularly Dayball, was credited for taking chances. And this season, they rarely took any. So it's weird. It's weird to see. It's like a 180. He's a young coach. This is only his second year as a head coach. So I'm definitely going to give him more time. But in my book, he has one more season after this. This season, the rest of this season, and all of next season. Unless he just totally breaks down and can't coach for Jack. Now, in a few episodes ago, I stated that this Giants organization, all the way from the owners to management, coaching staff, and most importantly, the players, they all got to look at themselves in the mirror and find themselves. It seems like the players, especially the defense, they've been carrying this team. When you give up 11 points a game in the last three games, and you only won one of those games, there's obviously something wrong. The defense won the turnover game in the last three games, and they've only won one of them. <laughs> you hold the high-powered Buffalo Bills to under 20 points. You hold the commanders to under 20, 
and the Jets to 13. So in three games, the defense has only given up 11 freaking points per game. And you only come away with one win. And the crazy thing is, the Giants were able to be in a position to win all three of those games. They almost lost to the Commanders because the game, the game went down to the wire with the Commanders, with the Commanders with the ball in the Giants' red zone. They just couldn't complete the pass. But against the Bills, the Giants were at the Bills' one-yard line at the end of the game. Now, we know what the refs screwed that up, but Tyrod Taylor screwed up right before the half and called freaking running play. And time ran out where they couldn't score, score a field goal. Guess the Jets, they had an opportunity to close out this game with the win. And once again, I'm going to repeat it. With 24 seconds left, the Jets go down the field, tie it up. The Giants get the ball back in overtime. Once I saw that the Giants were getting the ball back in overtime, I told my wife, I said, I don't know why the fuck we're giving, we're, we're taking the ball. We can't fucking pass the ball. And there's no way that this offense is going to go down the field and score a fucking touchdown to put this game away. I said, this game is over. The Jets have this win. They're going to win this fucking game. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> That is exactly what happened. So, yeah, another, another week, another disappointing performance, and another, another season of bad New York Giants football. Last season was nice. It was a surprise. We won a playoff game. We were hoping that this New York Giants team was further along than they, than they are. Now, I felt like the defense was going to be the strength of this team. And it has become the strength. Players like Kayvon Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence, Bobby Okereke, uh, Tay Banks. I, I predict that those, those players would play well. They're playing more than just playing well. They're, they're playing freaking Pro Bowl level football. Tay Banks is a rookie, so I don't expect him to go to the Pro Bowl, but he's going up against the best receivers uh, their uh, opponent's best receivers. And yeah, he's giving up catches here and there, but the kid is, is giving them a hard time. <laughs> you can see that, that Garrett was having, it was getting annoyed with Tay Banks, which is what you want. And Pinnock has been a solid addition to New, to New York Giants. He's been a starter and he's played well. He's played freaking well. So, the Giants have some building blocks on defense that are they're young. They're going to be here for a little while. And everyone around them has stepped up their game as well. So the problem, obviously, is that the offense just hasn't caught up. And of course, the offensive line, the injuries to the offensive line, that has a lot to do with it. And you Jets fans, you're going to find out. <laughs> 
Because as I stated last week, the Jets and the Giants are very similar when it comes to their season. They have an issue with their offensive, with their quarterbacks and their offensive line. The Jets were in a better position than the New York Giants, but now the roles are reversing. About three New York Giants, I mean, New York Jets offensive linemen were injured and had to play a guy off, off practice squad. So join the club, Jets fans. <laughs> now you're going to see, and of course, everyone knows this, that the offensive line and the continuity between those five players is extremely important. So it seems like the New York Giants are going to get their players back on the offensive line, their starters, most importantly. And the New York Jets are going to have to find new guys to come in and play in the middle of that offensive line. So it's not going to be a, a fun season for either team. The Jets, they, they, have, they have a better chance to advance. Uh, but they got the Miami Dolphins, but the, the Patriots sucks. They suck this year. And, and, and uh, you know, you can't forget the Bills. So you have the Dolphins and the Bills in the same division. This is very similar to what the Giants got to go through with the NFC East. They have the Eagles and they have the Cowboys. And the Giants are at the bottom of the barrel once again in the NFC East. So that's that. They play the Las Vegas Raiders next week. As I stated, Daniel Jones is slated to return. You may, you may have all of his offensive linemen back. That's going to help Barkley, obviously. I don't know how that defense for the Raiders is against the run, but I tell you what, Max Crosby is a freaking menace when it comes to, to rushing the passer. And the Giants' former defensive coordinator, he's the defensive coordinator for the, for the uh, Raiders. And he's a pretty good defensive coordinator as well. So he may come up with a plan where he immediately, he, he forces Daniel Jones to be, the, to be the, the reason why they win the game. I mean, it's not nothing new. Every NFL team has been doing this, but Graham is going to really, really test out these returning offensive linemen, especially Andrew, Andrew Jones. I mean, Andrew Thomas, excuse me, I can keep calling him the wrong name. He may put Max Crosby there and force Thomas to really push that damn hamstring and see how much he has, you know, how good he is he coming off. Uh, an injury that, that has hampered him since the first game of the season. And then, of course, you have Evan Neal, who has improved. But now that he's coming off an injury himself, has that momentum, that positive momentum, gone away? Now, of course, you're going to test him out with Mac, Max Crosby as well. So it's not going to be an easy game for this New York Giants team. But offensively, the Raiders have issues. And the New York Giants, if they continue to play well on defense, they can keep this game close. It's going to be very similar to the way the Giants and the Jets played each other. 
with the exception that now we have Daniel Jones back. So we will see a quarterback actually going back and passing the fucking ball. So that's the difference. <laughs> Whether that results in points, man, I hope so. And does it even matter if the New York Giants win any more games the rest of this fucking season? Of course, as a New York Giants fan, I want to see them win. I'm not going to say tank. I'm not going to do that. But I'm not going to even predict like who's going to win because you guys know I'm always going to say the Giants. I'm always going to say by a very low score. And I'm not going to give, I believe last week I said Dexter Lawrence was the possible MVP, but it was, uh, you know, I got to give it to Dexter Lawrence. Even though Kayvon Thibodeau had the three sacks, Lawrence was just, he was so dominant that he was making guys, he was injuring guys because they couldn't keep their footing in that fucking field, which is another thing, you know, that the owners got to change that field. And then offensively, there was no, you know, Saquon Barkley was the MVP, obviously. But it was special teams. Special teams stunk it up. And uh, that's what won the, the game for the Jets and could possibly win the game for the, uh, for, the, for the Raiders. You know? I mean, they do have Jacobs, who is a freaking really good running back. And they have decent players on the offensive line, so... The Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, they might try to run the ball more and test out this defense. Of course, they have Adams at wide receiver, so they do have a weapon at wide receiver. And if uh, Garofalo, I believe he's the quarterback, if he's given some time, he will find that damn receiver. He's a good receiver. So... I guess I'm talking about the damn game, the matchup between the the Raiders. I might as well give a damn prediction. New York Giants win in typical New York Giants fashion with tough defense and a running game. I be, I predict they're going to win 3 to nothing. <laughs> because that's all the New York Giants going to be able to score. <laughs> I mean, who knows? You just got to laugh about it. But anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to finish my fucking coffee. Coffee. And I'm going to go enjoy the rest of the evening. So you guys take care. I will talk to you later. Bye.